0: Hello, BYWG tribe. Here's a quick peek at our supplement product and book of the month for December 2019. At the end of the podcast, I will spend a few minutes going into further detail, so we encourage you to listen to the end and check it out. The supplement of the month is not just one of our premium formulations, but the entire line. Yes, for the month of December, the entire BYWG nutrition line is 10% off using the code. All lowercase letters, B-Y-W-G-G-I-F-T. The product of the month for December is Dry Farm Wines. Look out for holiday specials and the link to receive a penny bottle of wine will be in the show notes and weekly emails. The book of the month for December is Keto for Life by Mark Sisson and Brad Kearns. Keep in mind, all the links, discount codes, and special offers for the product, supplement, and book will be listed in the show notes and iTunes, post on iTunes, posted on our social media, in our weekly newsletter, and on our website at www.beyondyourwildestjeans.com at the Listen Now tab. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome back to Beyond Your Wildest Jeans Podcast. When my friend Dr. Guillermo Ruiz gives me an introduction and highly recommends someone for our podcast, we don't hesitate. Welcome, and how are you, Dr. Eckel?
1: I am doing well. Thanks for having me on, Dr. Noah.
0: Uh, it's definitely my pleasure. So let me do your bio, and then we'll dive right in. Does that sound good? It's great. All right. So I want to do a little bit of a different type of a bio. I want to read Dr. Eckel's treatment, philosophy, and mission statement because I think it says so much about him as a person and a doctor. Treatment philosophy. I don't treat conditions, diagnoses, or signs and symptoms. I treat people as whole dynamic beings moving through space and time. And mission statement. My purpose and passion is to help as many people as I can achieve optimal wellness through an integrative care model. Dr. Eckel is a naturopathic doctor and licensed acupuncturist with areas of focus in neurology, allergies and asthma, and orthopedics. Oof, how about that for a bio? So when you hear that, when I read that out loud uh your treatment philosophy and your mission statement wh- you know what what do you think what comes to mind
1: you know it is it is actually my guiding principles on uh on a day-to-day basis i like to say you know as you read i don't treat disease processes or signs and symptoms but really whole heart centered dynamic beings moving through time and space and when you i guess when you view the people in front of you as Whole dynamic heart centered beings, uh, it changes the game. Um, you know, it makes me listen, be way more present with my patients. It's what I'm training my physicians here at Nature Cures, uh, on doing as well. And I realized, you know, it's a different, it's a different way of practice that a lot of folks don't, don't get. You don't get it in school. You know, I, I've had, uh, self, Seven uh, residencies that I over the last two decades that I've supported here in my clinic and you know really training the physicians of tomorrow it's like you know we don't really get that. It is part of the naturopathic philosophy of treating people uh, but you know to really put it into practice is an art and I'm uh, I'm pleased to say you know it really keeps me present in the now
0: <laughs> right. Absolutely. I I loved it. You know, when I was just sniffing around your website, I love that that's out there, bold. Um, And, you know, I I can resonate with your treatment philosophy and mission statement as well. So I I really thought it was nice. I think I think we needed to uh, start that. How about how about further familiarizing the audience with who you are? You know, you're a naturopathic doctor. You're an acupuncturist. But a little bit before that, how did you become Dr. Eckel?
1: You know, I uh, I'm originally from Western Pennsylvania as we were talking before the show, and I moved out west. I was um, what brought me out to Portland, Oregon. I worked for the Forest Service in the early '90s during the controversial spotted owl, um, you know, debacle up there in the with the old growth forest. And I was I actually I worked in Quilcene, Washington. I hooted the spotted owl, so I can speak owl. And I – it was the first time on the planet that I really felt at home like, wow, I love these trees. I love the mountains. I love the people, the culture, the climate. Uh, And you don't get many people saying that about the Northwest with the cold, rain, and damp. But it is – so it drew me up here. um, And at that time, everybody was moving to Seattle and San Francisco, and those were way too big of uh, cities for me. So I came out, and I did the eclectic Portland guy thing – I was, uh, I was writing timber appeals for the, fo- on old growth timber sales. I was a preschool teacher in the Montessori, uh, school district. And I also had a booth at Saturday Market of all things. It's the artist market in Portland and I was making kaleidoscopes and marbles at the time. And, uh, to be honest, um, you know maybe a little bit in in central Pennsylvania there was a guy saying, I'm gonna go to Toronto and learn how to heal people with hot and cold water. And I just thought, Alvin, you're a freak like what are you talking about? Like I know ibuprofen, I was a hockey player, you know, just allopathic medicine dude. you know I had my broken ankle at that point, really grateful for the surgeons. Um, but I came out here. And at the time, I was, I thought I was eating healthy. Uh, you know, I was a vegetarian, uh, quote unquote, but I was not, I was run down, feeling fatigued. Um, and, you know, at that time, it was like the beginning of ADD diagnosis as well. So I was in the classroom, um, watching children being prescribed ritalin and just really sucking the soul out of their eyes um, so you know these these kind of different areas of my life coalesced and my community at the time said look you're feeling you know you're not feeling well why don't you go to this school they'll they'll help you you know it was more natural it was a natural medicine school it was like oh that sounds interesting and i went and they addressed my diet and they called me a junk food vegetarian. Like, I was eating, you know, healthy, quote unquote, uh, you know, frozen vegetarian meals, French fries, you know, it's like, whatever. I, I didn't know anything in my early 20s and um, still learning today, by the way. But, you know, at that point, junk food vegetarian, I thought, well, this is interesting. They addressed my diet, they didn't give me any drugs. And I felt better. And they, you know, they kind of dubbed this junk food vegetarian, uh, moniker on me. And as I was looking at these kids in the classroom, I had my, my poster child for going into naturopathic medical school and Chinese medicine school was little boy Michael. And I like to say Michael included others in his learning, and he was a rambunctious dude, you know, pretty wild guy. And in a Montessori classroom, you get to choose your your work and you know sit down in groups or by yourself and do it. And um, you know he was always in other people's work. And you know the head teacher advocated for the parents. Like I think. You know, Michael has uh, attentional issues. Will you take him into the pediatrician see what they say? And lo and behold, they he got prescribed, uh, you know, diagnosed with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and prescribed Ritalin at that point. And I remember the first day clearly when he came into the classroom. You know that little sparkle that's in our eyes, and in kids in particular, they have that little that little sparkle coming out of there. That was gone, and poor Michael was slumped over in his chair and desk. He definitely sat in his chair all day, but boy, that med—I mean, he was four years old—just sucked the life force out of him. And I, at that point, I just—I was like, I think there's got to be a better way. And I knew if I went back to school, I wanted to be in service to people, and so I had all of these different. Paths leading me into uh, the na- it was National College of Natural Medicine at that point or Naturopathic Medicine now it's a university um, but boy I have not regretted it one day that was 1996 when I started school uh, graduated in 2001 and haven't looked back once you know it's been a, an awesome journey
0: so when you is this where you got your um, acupuncture degree, and you did you do all of this at the same time? Like, how, how that I happen?
1: did I did? I did, yes. Yeah. So, I did the dual degree program. So, it was five years, I was the last year of five years. You can't even do it in five years anymore. I like to say, you know, it warped me for the better. Um, it was, you know, year round, five years, intensive study. Uh, naturopathic doctorate and master's of science in Oriental medicine. So I wrote a doctoral thesis on allergies and asthma, and then I wrote in Chinese medicine a dissertation on the energetics of Western botanicals. Um, so you know, t- needless to say, pretty eclectic practitioner, um, and I use the the Chinese medicine platform and and put the naturopathic medicine um, system on top of that. And it is—it's a very powerful, potent way of practicing.
0: So, so this is how you've integrated all of your. This, what you just explained, is how you integrate how you take care of people. Then the the Chinese basis with the naturopathic medicine on top. Right.
1: Yeah, totally. And you know, I'm sitting here in my clinic, and I, I painted the walls uh, yellow, and I I did that on purpose because in Chinese medicine. Um, yellow represents the spleen and the stomach and which is the digestive tract right and that is the overlay that's the connection between naturopathic medicine and Chinese medicine and there's a there's a tract in Chinese medicine some of my herbal teachers were of the spleen and stomach camp and so it was just a natural kind of linking of two systems through the gut so you know Food is our best medicine. Uh, you know, uh, getting your assimilation and your digestion under control really helps help heal the body. So there's a lot of different Venn diagrams, so to speak, that that really link these things together in my head at this point.
0: Yeah, I've i I've, I've always found it fascinating whether it's Chinese medicine, whether it's Ayurveda, whether it's more recent naturopathic medicine, or or even the true. Uh, philosophical foundations of chiropractic how they're all very very similar very very similar
1: yeah it's, you know there those basic truths really play out through with you know basically with my mission statement is you know it's that innate wisdom of the body can heal itself given the right information and so you know definitely on the on the you know underpinnings of chiropractic too i've studied that as well um not in school uh, per se, but you know we do. I do naturopathic manipulation technique, which nobody wow. has ever heard of, but trained by <laughs> osteopaths, naturopaths, and chiropractors on on you know how to um, physically manipulate the body for health. Yeah,
0: that's cool. So it seems like you've been in practice for about twenty years. Will I have my math right.
1: What, how, that's right.
0: yeah. Uh, so where did now? Let me just take one step back. You know, in my 19 years of practice, very few things have frightened me, unnerved me, made me more uncomfortable than watching one or many of my patients succumb to the ills of either Parkinson's, uh, Alzheimer's, dementia, some sort of neurodegenerative disease. So what caused you to write or or writing or just about finished writing your book on Parkinson's disease
1: yeah so it's a my my personal tragedy story um, you know un um, unwittingly I got kind of thrust into neurodegeneration I, I've been you know it was a focus of mine from the beginning but I, I lost my wife uh, two years ago to Chrisville Jacob disease which is mad cow Syndrome in people. Uh, it's called spongiform encephalitis, uh, inflammation and holes developing in the brain. And it, um, Soraya, it was just, a, it was 18 months basically from first symptoms until, you know, she left her body on the planet. And, You know, as loving husband and practitioner, I I just thought, well, okay, there's no, you know, number one, just going through the medical system to get, you don't get that diagnosis until the very end when they do a biopsy on your brain, on your deceased loved one's brain, like that's how you get a definitive diagnosis of uh, CJD. And you know, to get to arrive at that diagnosis, number one, I mean, it really put me. Into a lot of empathy with my patients, going navigating the system to get these neurodegenerative uh, diagnoses where there's no blood work, there's not really imaging of the brain unless you have MS, perhaps um, to really come up with a definitive diagnosis. It's a broad differential, and so I had to navigate that. And you know, navigating it, we had five we have five kids. It was a blended family. Um, you know, my medical practice and then here's my wife that is like really, it's rapidly progressing dementia. Like she was nonverbal within, you know, a month to six weeks, um, really just gone. And, uh, you know, getting into the system is like, oh, you know, locally the medical system saying, oh, she's having a psychotic break. Um, you know, and I'm like, you know, I've been in medicine 16 years. I've never seen anything like this. This is something different. Um. So, you know, went into you know really talking to world experts in uh, brain health and neurodegeneration. You know, come to find out, at Case Western in Ohio is the prion surveillance center of North America. Didn't really even know much about prions at that point. Um, Now I feel like I'm kind of an expert in them, just on my research and what I've what I've dug up. Um, and the path really, you know, going through, unfortunately, what I uncovered, um, you know, was not successful, didn't help her out, uh, per se. You know, she passed. Um, however, I, what I'm sharing with people is what I call Soraya's gifts. And, you know, I came across a a boatload, mountains of research on, on different treatment techniques and really, um, different ways of addressing the body to, you know, for prionic activity to get information into the brain, how to regrow a brain. Um, so I developed, you know, my fancy approach that I codified in the book that I, you know, is, is due out, uh, you know, it's in, into formatting. Now it is a finished, finished product. I just need to get the, you know, the physical copy now. Uh, so it's, um, You know, I called it a shake it off, uh, an integrative approach to Parkinson's solutions. And, and I picked Parkinson's, you know, you think, well, your wife had Critzville Jacobs, so how, how does this relate? Well, you know, you get in on, uh, the prionic activity. So I've got the prionic textbook, uh, number two, two editions, um, and we can talk about prions here in a moment. Um, and what you come to realize is like, okay, there's been no breakthroughs in neurology and neurodegeneration really in my lifetime. And th- there's a reason why. I think we're looking at the end stage product. But when you look at prions, well, what are they? They're misfolded proteins. Well, alpha-synuclein, which is a misfolded protein in Parkinson's, is very similar to uh, a prion, which is in Creutzfeldt-Jacob disease, um, which is very similar to the beta-amyloid plaques in dementia and Alzheimer's, which is very similar to Lewy bodies and Lewy body dementia. So there's all of this these protein misfolding disorders that really there's not a lot of discussion about. Everybody's looking in particular for Parkinson's at the dopaminergic receptors and dopamine uh, production in fact, we just I had my associate doc go through all of the medications for Parkinson's and you know of um, of the seven or eight of them there. They're all targeting just dopamine and dopaminergic receptors and we wonder why there's been no breakthroughs for Parkinson's is we're looking at the very end stage. So I really, you know, my journey, I just, you know, I want to do for the highest, greatest good of, all right, well, let's turn my personal tragedy into some victories for thousands of people on the planet. And that's what I put together in my book. It's the focus of my clinic. You know, we're even looking at opening up centers of excellence and for the treatment of neurodegenerative disorders across the country. Uh, And so I'm getting inquiries, you know. Every week now, like, Dr. Echol, can you open up a clinic close to us? So, you know, currently people are coming out here to Camp Nature Cures. But the the path, you know, was really my personal journey and I'm sharing it – model so having it um you know really tying it all together there now i know that was like a a ton of information but that's how i got here um and you know it's taught me a lot like i I don't really want to be an ambassador for grief but on that level it's opened me up um you know spiritually it's opened me up for you know losing um an amazing uh wife and relationship and uh so across the board um you know, it's been you know the mystery deepens on a daily basis out here in life.
0: <laughs> so, so I, I have I actually have some base knowledge on on prions and 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 I also happen to know how how rare CJD is. Or maybe it's not as rare as I think. Maybe you have a different perspective. But I it's it's is it your perspective that it is extremely rare or is it not as rare it is
1: it's it's one in a million there's like 300 cases in north america a year right you know what i was talking to the case western docs and in their in the, and so they're the study and they you know saraya would have been number 26 in their study so yeah it's a rare it's rare
0: and, and is it your thought that like CJD or these spongiforms, they, they, they happen in elk, I believe they happen in sheep, they happen in cows. Is it your thought that it's an infectious, basically an infectious protein or that prion? Is, is that, are you in line with that? Uh, hypothesis. You know,
1: I actually I don't like the word infectious with these, um, and I'll, I'll tell you why. So everywhere you read about it, and it it actually started to kind of piss me off a bit. Um, and and so why? Um, I don't know why they have infectious with it because there's no infectious nature with these prions. So um, you're right, it is it's across the board. So it's scrappy in sheep, it's chronic wasting disease in deer. Um, you know, it's uh, Mad Cow syndrome in cattle. Uh, it's uh, you know there's a, there was a tribe down in New Guinea that was eating the brains of their grandmothers when they died. They don't do that anymore. Um, it could it's called could rue. Um and so it's um, – these prions, as far as what I can tell on, in my understanding, they're an ancient protein structure we just discovered them 1987 uh stanley prusiner got the nobel prize in uh medicine for the discovery and he was well positioned pretty much the one of the only people on the planet to really understand that there was something else happening in these disease processes because up at the to that point we only knew about bacteria and viruses and he was noticing something different under the microscope, and um, re- you know, really uncovered like, whoa, there's this misfolded protein, these prions, um, and so it's prionic activity. But there's these things are everywhere, um, whether you know it or not. So I, I just think there can be a lot of fear around it, um, meaning you know, because it is a rare condition, we don't know a lot about this activity, but there is some cell signaling and that's where I think they get the infectious, um, moniker because, you know, one, one cell starts signaling to others to misfold and to activate and that's, that's kind of their infectious activity but when i hear infection it's like more viral or bacterial um, component where you know these cells are living they come in and they set up shop and they start replicating well what happens in prionic activity is one cell gets turned on and we don't know why Um, and that's the scary part of it is like well what turned that on and why does it only affect certain people um but if it was infectious so just kind of getting into that that terminology there was about 3 million pounds of tainted beef released out of England into into the European Union into Europe at that point and there was really just a slight uptake uh, a slight uptick of cjd throughout europe but but not as much as you would expect if this was truly an infectious agent so many people got exposed to these prions and Not many people develop CJD. So if it was truly infectious, you know, you'd be walking around. I mean, you know, basically in my household, what it looked like was, you know, we had a a bed and we had hospice on board. So, you know, myself, and my family, we're just swimming in prions. So if it was infectious, we all would have, you know, none of us are exhibiting any signs of it. You know, the kids were a little bit freaked out about it, but I had to really educate. i like, look, no, this, these things are everywhere. I just think it's an archaic protein and we can kind of get into my theories or hypothesis around what it is, um, you know, and di- different activating, um, circumstances and substances. But I, I would, I really, I don't, You know, when you get in on PubMed too, you see it says infectious prionic activity. It's like, ah, I really, you know, I don't know who started that, but I, kind of want to put it out there. Like, we gotta let's let's drop the infectious uh, component. It's prionic activity for sure, but there's it's not infective.
0: No, I'm glad I asked that question. Clarify. Yeah, that was
1: great. Yeah, because it is everywhere. When you go on PubMed, that's all you see is infectious. Prion, infectious prions. It's like, ah, oh, why are they doing it? And it, somebody started it, and then everybody just kind of caught on to that.
0: Yeah, I, I just think, like, like you mentioned, I just think, you know, that there's that tribe that was eating the brains, and then people are getting it, or people, uh, or or cows eating other cows, and they were getting it. I guess it was, you know, so I, I guess that's where the infectious part came from too. But as you well stated, that you know, millions of pounds were released, in very very yeah. few uptakes. So. There's, yeah. Let's face it. And there's always there's always more to the story than than meets the eye, right? <laughs>
1: totally. Totally.
0: So um, and, and I and I love how you outlined each of the different the beta the Lewy bodies in each one of these different types of neurodegenerative diseases. Um, and that's and that's what I think makes these so challenging to treat to diagnose. Um, uh, and so following with that train of thought in your book you know what are some of the things that you tell teach explain to help if there's a diagnosis of parkinsons or alzheimer's or dementia what what are we talking about here
1: yeah perfect so it is i you know basically i put a little uh acronym on it called fancy so it's capital f capital a capital n dash capital c the fancy approach so um, you know, F is for the functional medicine, the integrative naturopathic Chinese medicine aspect. Treat people, not conditions. So, because everybody arrives at, you know, with their own genetic platform, their own, you know, ancestral traumas, their own traumas, their own exposures on the planet. So, you really have to individualize, you know, who you're, what you're doing with the person in front of you, because there's multiple roads that, I think that, you know, these things can happen. So that's the functional F component. And then the A is for assessment. And this is the biggest thing that I am seeing across the country. I mean, I've got, I had a patient down in uh, Santa Rosa, California, her husband, 53 years old, early onset dementia, and, you know, getting worked up at Stanford, you know, a, a highly regarded institution in the country for medicine. And I said, well, have they tested for heavy metals? Nope. How about for Lyme and co-infections? Nope. Um, you know, so there are a lot, there's a higher, how about a hormone imbalance? Like there is just some general things that we do in the functional medicine world of, well, if these systems are out of balance, you know, yeah, your brain is going to show issues. And so people just are not getting, thorough workups, or even for molecular mimicry. So I just, you know, I named a couple there. One, I find anything with central nervous system and brain um, components, we got to test for heavy metals because, you know, the data is in, the NHANES data, it's North American repository, they test every five to 10 years, do a big swath of the population in North America, and it shows we all have heavy metals in our system. You know, where do they come from? Well, mercury is everywhere it comes from the coal-fired plants in the midwest that you guys are getting acid rain there in new jersey and new england um we get a plume of uh dust from china every summer here on the west coast from their coal-fired plants so we've got mercury in the environment lead was in our paint was in the gas up to 1975 it's ubiquitous it's in smoke i find cadmium mercury arsenic and lead are the top four now it's not in everybody with chronic neurodegeneration but you got to turn that stone over because we store toxins in our fat where do we have a bunch of fat we have a bunch of fat in our brains Mm. you know we can call each other fat heads right Um, as a compliment but we store toxins in our fat so it has been a limiting factor and I I really uncovered that one Just kind of as a a side here, Uh, David Perlmutter about 15 years ago posted a patient with Parkinson's on YouTube, and he did a glutathione push, and it was a remarkable recovery, right? The gentleman had the classic stutter, stutter step of uh, his gait, a little bit of pill rolling in his fingers, and his voice was weak and um, gravelly and stuttery as well. And then about 40, 45 minutes after he did the glutathione push, th- this – Patient of his was speaking freely, confidently, clearly. No stutter, no gravel. His gait elongated. He became more stable. Um, you know, it was like, wow, that is that is a night and day picture there. Now it didn't last for the patient, but it definitely gave some credence to using glutathione for these neurodegenerative conditions. So I saw that. I have an IV therapy suite here. I've been treating Parkinson's patients, and I put it in on my first five patients. And it was crickets and I thought, Wow, wait, what am I missing here? Like I did it exactly as he said. Um and then it dawned on me, you know, I, I really specialize in difficult recalcitrant conditions where people have gone to Mayo and Cleveland and kind of to all the global experts and then they wound wind up here at Nature Cures and I like to say you don't want to be the interesting patient in my clinic. Um because of that, and so I tested them for metals, and lo and behold, they had, uh, they had mercury and lead, uh, those first five. So once we got the – get the lead out, proverbial lead out, then we did the glutathione, and it actually was effective. But first we had to get those metals out of the system. So definitely on the metal front, you got to test for that stuff. Um, viruses, there's this concept called molecular mimicry, which is gaining more traction now – Um, in the research realm. But you can go into PubMed and put molecular mimicry for whatever condition and you can see, well, what other things can mimic the symptom picture? And so for Parkinson's, it's Epstein-Barr, cytomegalo, and herpes simplex virus. So these three viruses, I see high titers in some individuals that have Parkinsonism symptoms. And when we, we have to Have to address the viral load for these folks because it's a drain on their innate intelligence. Their own healing uh, ability is kind of caught up dealing with these viruses. So we got to clear those if that's happening there. Hormone balance is another one. So we run the Dutch test. Uh, Parkinson's in particular has been called hypothyroidism of the brain. Um, There's some small case studies of uh, patients getting their thyroid optimally tuned and their symptoms go away. So you've got to – you know, I would say 80% of my Parkinson's patients have actually hypothyroidism as well. So you've got to look at that whole symphony of, you know, testosterone, um, estrogen, progesterone, thyroid, and cortisol for for men and women. So it is um, that the hormone component of really optimizing health, allowing the body to heal itself, we got to get that under control. Then the fourth big area is the gut, right? There's so much information coming out on the microbiome and cell signaling. And, you know, so we'll, we'll look at any pathogens in the gut. There's certain things that we can do, uh, with phages. That's P-H-A-G-E-S. Uh, and I also use regenerative program there to help with cell signaling in the body again coming in and, and helping the, the so on on the gut, um, so the microbiome with all of that information coming out. So we got to do some stool analysis and testing there too. So th- those four areas are the biggies for um, what I find as a as a thorough assessment. There's some other kind of nuances in there depending on what um, you know what the person comes in with. I love you know um, the the genetic component looking at that platform bringing that in for folks too. Um, but on the proper assessment for all of these neurodegenerative conditions, it really can open up some novel treatment approaches and really make a difference for folks. Uh,
0: the, the one, uh, I, I hate the word treatment, but I'm going to use the, the, the one treatment or modality that I've been seeing used more uh, is l- like light therapy, like near-infrared, far-infrared. Have you tinkered with any of that on the brain? I know there's a couple different devices.
1: Yes, low-level laser therapy and PEMF, the pulsed electromagnetic frequency, are huge in that sphere.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah. Because uh, I, I use a Juve every day, and then there's also a, a light, and I'm also familiar with the PEMF. So I, I'm, I'm yeah. very interested in those types of modalities because I know uh, light, light is very, very healing to me. To me. Oh yeah,
1: oh. we are light beings. I, I love. I think it was a year or two ago they showed um, light getting emitted out of the cell. So we are light beings. So <clears throat> there is tons of research coming out of Germany in particular. Uh, there's a laser conference in San Diego in January. Um, it's a really you know we, you can get catheters for the IV to to kind of beam light in the in the veins even. <laughs> so oh. it is. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's impressive, to say the least. Cool, cool.
0: So, is there any anything else regarding the book or your practice that you'd like to share, mention, or discuss?
1: You know, um, I would encourage folks, you know, if you, if this runs in the family or, you know, just even for brain health, I think it's a biggie. You know, as we see the rates of, um, dementia going up, I, you know, the stats are really horrible. At 65, it's predicted one in, of every two of us are going to have some dementia. And you know, you look at well what is going on with that? Why are these rates going up? Well we have environmental toxicity. Um, we're you know, we're swimming in the soup, so you gotta do stuff to, to take care of the brain. The other piece in the book that I didn't really bring up, so there's nerve health. Um, so there's a bunch of information on specific nutrients that are great for your brain. Um, and then the most exciting part is the C or cellular regeneration. And so that's using regenerative stem cell therapies to help help the innate healing ability of the body uh, reorchestrate and heal. And we're getting, we're getting results. I'm not saying I'm curing Parkinson's by any means, but uh, we are definitely improving quality of life. And I have people flying in from around the globe to what I call camp nature cures here. So, you know, if anybody's listening out there have questions, um, definitely you can reach out and contact us. I do complimentary consults for folks because I you know, really my mission is to help as many people as I can and I know this is a ton of new information your neurologist isn't talking about it, you know, because it's not part of the party line and you know, we are getting results for folks. So,
0: cool. Cool now. Is your website the best place for our audience to get in touch with you?
1: It is, yeah. Naturecuresclinic.com. So it's nature singular cures with an s clinic. Um, on there, if this is of interest to you, I do have a uh, uh, a little ebook on there educating around early memory loss, and that's a great way to get on the list, just so you can you know be aware of you know the release date on the book. Um, and I'm I'm producing a lot of content around brain health specifically, and you know how to really uh, work towards longevity as well with that.
0: And shake it off, most likely early 2020.
1: Yeah, end end of 2019, early 2020 is coming out. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna release it, even if it's in the holidays, because this information, you know, folks need to get it, and um, you know. Th- I think some folks think oh don't release a book during the holidays because there's so much distraction but on the flip side of that when you have neurodegeneration you're doing nothing else but that so right
0: right fin- final question I ask all my guests uh what is your routine from waking to sleeping
1: love it so I um On waking, I, am a biohacker by, uh, for fun, so I, I check my, uh, my sleep data. Um, I wake up, uh, usually before my alarm, I do some, um, intentional deep breathing prayer, uh, talking to source and connection to source, uh, asking, uh, asking God to, you know, Bring those people into my life that I need to talk to, uh, for the highest, greatest good of all. Uh, and, you know, really, um, you know, really get quiet and do some meditation there in the morning. Um, then I'll, I'll move into, um, movement. So I have a small gym in my garage. Um, I'll do, you know, alternating weight and cardio days. And if I fall off the, the bandwagon with travel or whatnot, I'll I'll kind of get back in to some movement with um, just doing a small hit routine with a seven minute app or squats, uh, lunges for legs, and then you know we'll do upper body on every other day. Um, so I do some movement, I hydrate, uh, come into work, get prepped for seeing patients and training my uh, associate docs on my program here. And then, you know, we're doing interviews. Uh, I have a podcast as well. Um, I have a big brain degeneration summit coming up in 2020. It's not so much in my daily routine, but currently it is, um, on interviewing, uh, world experts. And then, you know, we'll, we'll wind down, um, with meal with the family, kids. Uh, you know, kids are in high school now, so they're doing all kinds of sports. So we'll typically do that. End of day I like to you know turn off the electronics no later than 9 um you know get real quiet I'm really into um you know present moment stuff of mindfulness Thich Nhat Han was a is a big um uh inspiration for me I love his work and um really just even from pieces every step so really making each moment uh, a meditative um meditative moment of really focusing into the now. I'll do some energetic clearing of myself just with working with a lot of people, um keeping my um my field clean and clear so that I've got energy for the next day and uh carrying out my mission. Uh and then I'll do some inspirational reading uh at night time, stuff to inspire me, really work on my headspace and um inspiration. So uh and then I go to bed. So that that's the day. <laughs>
0: So, sounds good. Well, thank you so much for being on. I'm looking forward to uh, getting my copy of uh, Shake It Off and sharing it with our tribe. Uh, you know, you're always welcome back. You just, uh, just give us a holler. Thanks again, man.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Noah, for having me. It was a pleasure. Would love to reciprocate uh, you on my show as well.
0: anytime. Anytime. My name is awesome. Dr. Noah DeCoyer, your co-host, and you are listening to the Beyond Your Wildest Genes podcast. If you like what you've heard today, please share this with your friends and family and encourage them to subscribe on iTunes. And as my oldest son Hayden says, be awesome and never unawesome. It's Dr. Noah and I'm back. I suspect you love listening to this week's podcast release. So the December book of the month is Keto for Life. Reset your biological clock in twenty-one days and optimize your diet for longevity. I interviewed the co-author Brad Kearns, and it was great. The podcast interview discussing this book will be released in December for your listening pleasure. The link to purchase the book will be in the show notes and weekly emails. Collectively, we talked about having a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, and we decided to step it up a notch. For the month of December, the entire BYWG nutrition line will be ten percent off using the code all lowercase BYWG GIFT. Check out the line on our website at www.beyondyourwildestjeans.com or check out the BYWG podcast where during the month of December we will release a brand new podcast discussing the supplements. In our archives, we also highlight one of the supplements in a very deep way each and every month. Our product of the month is a worthy repeat, a company that I've been a member of for over three years, and that's Dry Farm Wines. During the holidays, a healthier bottle of wine is always worth searching for, and Dry Farm Wine fits the bill. We have a special offer for a penny bottle of wine using the code found in the show notes, weekly emails, and social media. It's real easy, folks. www.dryfarmwines.com forward slash B-Y-W-G. Dry Farm Wines features low alcohol, extremely low sugar, carb-free, very low sulfates, and mycotoxin-free. Pay attention for holiday special wine deals offered throughout the month and don't worry we'll keep you in the loop thank you for your time and be awesome and never unawesome